is Andy Wakefield and this is the Andy Wakefield Podcast. This is a place where stories are told that have never been heard before. Hi, my name is Lori Gregory. Today is episode four, The Deposition. Hi, Andy. Lori, good morning. Good morning. Here we are in sunny Ocala editing the new movie and, um, yeah, taking a break for a new story. Bright and sunny day. We're just uh, so privileged to be working on these incredible stories, and the film is coming along so excitingly, but we're not going to talk about that in this episode. We're going to talk about a story that you've only alluded to me, sort of little snippets about what this is about, so I'm getting to hear it for the first time as well. I'm really excited to learn more, so... Tell me about the deposition. Yeah, and I've, I haven't really been mo- motivated to tell these stories before, but it, it seems a, a good opportunity at least to do that. I, um, the deposition, right, this is a story about my efforts to sue Brian Deere in the British Medical Journal mm. about the false, demonstrably false allegations of fraud. Okay. That were made against me and have been perpetuated in the media ever since. So when you say BMJ, we're talking the about British the Medical British Journal. Medical Journal. Absolutely. Okay, got it. Brian Deere. And the British Medical Journal is really a medical newspaper. It credits itself with being, you know, one of the leading medical journals in the world. It's not. It's it's a rag that is essentially um funded by the pharmaceutical industry. And and one in put it this put this in context, the British Medical Journal has a kind of strategic business relationship with vaccine manufacturers. Okay, okay. it's part of that company. And it. Uh, it depends for its continued presence upon the benevolence of the pharmaceutical company. Uh, so there's a very, very cr- close relationship. So no one should be in any doubt about that. Um, now, Brian Deere, as you know, published a series of articles alleging that the Lancet paper was fraudulent, specifically that I, of the 13 authors who published this, of the 13 authors who were many world leaders in their field, like John Walker Smith, who'd had an unimpeachable career, who'd published many, many, many hundreds of papers, thousands between all of these 13 authors, would suddenly... Out of the blue. Suddenly just stop and take their eye off the ball and ignore. Just to say, oh, Andy, you write that paper. You know, write write whatever you want and we won't scrutinize it. And uh, we'll put our careers on the line and everything that we've stood for for all these years. uh, Yeah, just get on with it and do it. Okay. And (laughs) that is what it would require for that to be fraught. Okay. Quite apart from my malintent, it would require that they... There was no they were colluding the somehow. And, and this was going to be yeah. an incredibly controversial paper. It was describing what we believed was a new syndrome in children with regressive autism, with bowel disease and related in many cases to a possible MMR link, a measles mumps rubella so link. You so got, you knew it was going to be controversial before yeah. it so came abso- out. It was going to get a lot of scrutiny and it was going to get a lot of criticism and it was going to get a lot of media and public attention. But they were just going to go to sleep. Andy, over to you. Write the paper. We don't. No, we don't need to see it. We know. We send it off and no get it published. You know, it was so nonsensical. But that's what you would have to believe for Brian's dear story to be right. Not only that, that I, for example, did everything. I did all the lumbar punctures and the 
and the colonoscopies and the biopsies. And not only did I take them from these children without any training in these particular techniques, but to then look down the microscope and make a diagnosis of what was going on in these children. And the pathologist, the senior pathologist, an expert in intestinal pathology, Paul Dillon, to have had nothing to do with it, just put his name on the paper and let me know. It was so, so bizarre. And yet, and yet, everybody wanted to believe it. They were so desperate to believe it, so desperate to, for this all to be wrong, mm -hmm. for there to be no bowel disease, autism was still psychological, it was in the domain, the purview of psychiatrists, and how dare you tread on our territory, and most particularly for the vaccine to have no role whatsoever in this. People were so desperate at all levels of, of society and the professions for this to be wrong, that... Um, they were prepared to overlook the obvious. So I was, I didn't have the resources to fund a defamation proceeding and, and to file just so people know, because people call me all the time, well, oh, someone said this, you need to sue them, you need to sue them, why aren't you suing them? Sure. Because it costs cost $3 million dollars at least to do. Per okay? lawsuit. Per lawsuit. You've got to have a whole bunch of money. So the justice belongs to those who can afford it. Let's mm. be quite clear about it. Well, that's so, why they call it lawfare now. Mm. It's not warfare. Mm. It's law. It's weaponized warfare it through is. the legal system. Absolutely. And that's so, what would it, And you're dealing with a company like the BMJ that's got insurance oh. and lots and lots of money and they're backed by the pharmaceutical companies. And lots of lawyers. So they can write what they like. Forever. They can write what they like. What is the individual going to do to mitigate what they've been saying? But um, some members of the senior members of the community, let's call it that for now. I mean, you know, for the, from the autism community, for want of a better term, mm -hmm. came to me and said, look, Andy, um, you need to sue because the validity of what you found, the bowel disease in these children, which is what our children are suffering from and continue to suffer from because no one wants to take this seriously. Mm -hmm. That is in question because of this this the statements made by the BMJ. They are saying that there's no bowel disease and it was all made up. And to validate what you found and what we suspected and what is present in our children and to get it treated, you need to to sue. And so it wasn't about me. And that, that was important. It was about something much more important. And, and I thought about that and I thought, okay, I said, look, here's the deal. I will do all the work necessary to fight these proceedings, which was going to be huge. I mean, the number of allegations that Deer had concocted was extraordinary. And so it was going to be a huge job. But I said, okay, you raise the money and I'll do the work. And that's the way it turned about. And initially we had a, a law firm. So the whole thing started. We had a law firm in Washington, D.C., and they were outstanding. They grasped the, the whole concept of what had happened very, very quickly. And they wrote... Uh, a summary um, of, of what they'd done. They then discovered that among their firm, which was a large firm, that they were they acted on behalf, some of their partners acted on behalf of the pharmaceutical industry, and therefore they had a conflict of interest. They immediately declared that and said, look, we'd love to work for you. Right. You can have all of our work product for free. Right. Okay. Now that was... That's kind of okay. a nice And then a, a friend of mine stepped in, uh, a lawyer in Austin, and said, Andy, I would like to represent you in this case. And so I was delighted. And, and so we moved forward. And I said to him, and, you know, look, I'm, this is, these are the terms. I have done this because they've said they've raised the money and I will do, help 
do the work on it. So, really to validate what the parents were seeing. That absolutely. was really the yeah. main reason. Because yeah, to, they, to, to secure care for their children based upon the, diagnosis. the validity of the bowel disease in, in the Lancet paper, which had since been confirmed in multiple papers from around the world. But oh, it was really? still the Lancet paper that the media were fixated on. Because so even after they retracted it, there were still other oh, papers absolutely. that were this published. This disease had been confirmed in Japan and Canada and the US, but it was still the media's focus, mm-hmm. driven by huge amounts of pharma funding, I have no doubt, and people like Brian Deere to perpetuate the lie that this was the only observation of this disorder and it was all fake it was, it was all made up by yeah. this guy who just was in it for the money okay yeah. yeah so we took the allegations and we i would sit and go through them one by one by one and write an extensive rebuttal with all the evidence with all of the documentary evidence and this was now after the lancet after the the BMG, sorry, after the General Medical Council hearing. So this was a separate thing. After the GMC, despite being struck off, I was able to continue the work in America. They had to put an end to it. They had to stop the work completely. So I was able to continue investigating intestinal disease in these children at the unit, at the center that we had in Austin, Texas. Okay. They had to kill that. They somehow had to stop that. And so they elevated the allegation to fraud. And that's what Brian did. So... so that was his role to that was his provide role, that. To, to do that. So, and it was easily dealt with. It was a lot of work, but it was easily dealt with. Yes. I'm going to read you a quote that Brian Deere, we got in discovery, and this is the value of discovery, from the BMJ, where he wrote to the BMJ about himself. I freely admit to being semi-notorious for packing into single, highly readable and apparently bland sentences rat's nests of complexity and implication. So I went through these piece by piece by piece with all of the documentary evidence, all of the the clinical records, all of the children's developmental records, everything that we had available to us when that paper was written and showed that every single thing that he said was a complete and utter lie. And that was... Satisfying. And we were in a very good place. Legally, we were you in a the very, very good place. It okay. was in, it, they, we were good. So we filed a case in Travis County Court in Texas. And it was in Travis County Court because that's where I was injured, if you like. That's where I was harmed. My ability to earn an income in Travis County, where I was living, was impaired, damaged by Brian Deere's uh, defamation. And it was not only defamation. In, in American law, you have to show malice. You have to show not only was the statement defamatory or the statements defamatory. But it was malicious. But there was, it was malicious. And malicious means that there was no due diligence. They didn't check the facts. They just took it at face value. That there was um, a motive for doing it above and beyond just revealing the truth to the public, that there was big money involved. So there was malice. There was, it was clearly, clearly malicious right, defamation. Right. And so we had a very strong case to take to court. They were desperate not to go to court. The BMJ, Brian Deere, were desperate not to get to, get to court. Well, they because had, as you've taught me, it's all about the discovery, right? Once you're in discovery. court, they, they didn't want discovery. They, they didn't don't want, want they discovery. They didn't want anything because they knew 
that this was bad news mm. for them. They, no one wanted to, in, in in the hierarchy of the, the BMJ or Brian. They wanted this ever to be disclosed, the truth to be disclosed. They wanted Brian Deere's story to stand as the historical narrative for this. And mm. so we were very confident. Now, part of this was discovery. So we got access through the courts to depose Brian Deere and to depose the deputy editor of the British Medical Journal, Jane Smith, whose job it was to scrutinize what Deere had written against the General Medical Council transcript, the six million word General Medical Council transcript, which was the basis for the allegation of fraud. And the General Medical Council was the governing body that decided whether or not you could be licensed to practice medicine. Is that correct? So the entire foundation for their withdrawal of your licensure was built on Brian Deere's accusations. His initial accusation, but then we had the the hearings. The transcripts were six million words long. It was a massive hearing, the biggest ever in the history of the General Medical Council. And Brian Deere's subsequent allegations of fraud were based upon elements of, of that. Um, and the so GMC that was, the was a British governing body, right? That's right. It, but a, yet you could still file something re- with, with regard to their performance in Travis County. Oh, yeah. No, this was, this that. Was, yeah, that's right. Okay. That was just the source document for Brian Deer's allegations. Gotcha. Okay. So we then got, we came across to England. They had retained a, legal, a law firm from Dallas to protect the interests of the British Medical Journal and Brian Deer. And we had our law firm from Austin, Texas. So we all met in a law office in London. I had an English lawyer there. I had my American lawyer. I was there. And across the other side of the table were on day one, Brian Deere and his lawyers from Dallas. Now, Brian Deere's deposition was a waste of time. He was he was evasive. He didn't answer the questions. Even his own lawyer ended up shouting at him. Oh. His own lawyer said, "Will you just answer the question?" Oh, he just kidding. asked it because Brian in the did. meeting, yeah, and he was he treated the whole thing with contempt. But it, it was irrelevant. Okay, yeah, yeah. the second day was key. Okay, the second day was the deposition of Jane Smith. The allegation, the statement made by the British Medical Journal is that we relied in our allegations of fraud against Dr. Wakefield upon the six million word transcript of. The General Medical Council. In other words, it was all there. All of what we're saying is confirmed beyond a shadow of a doubt, or we wouldn't have said it. And it's there in the GMC transcript. Okay, so Jane Smith sat there and she was this kind of late middle-aged blue rinse, couldn't never tell a lie in her life. She was Mary Poppins. Little schoolmarmish, maybe. Schoolmarmish lady. And she sat there and she was very direct and honest. And um We got into the deposition and we got down to the issue of what her job was, fact-checking. What had Brian Deere said? And she checked it against the facts. That was her job, to scrutinize in great detail how the two matched up. Mm. Could what he said be corroborated by the evidence in the GMC proceedings? And as it went on, it became clear to me that she really didn't know much about the GMC transcript or the proceedings at all. And I took my lawyer aside and I said to him, look, can you ask her if she was aware that I had testified at the General Medical Council? 
these are adversarial proceedings, okay? So the allegations are put very robustly mm -hmm. by the General Medical Council's lawyers, and then I'm given an opportunity to respond. Sure. To give my explanation. And so he said to her, look, you are aware that these are adversarial proceedings. Yes, was her answer. Were you aware that Dr. Wakefield had testified in his defense in the General Medical Council proceedings? Now, at that stage, I had given the second longest testimony ever before in, the General Medical Council. In the history Council of history. the GMC. Okay. And she said, no. Oh. In other words, she, she didn't do had job. not read my response, oh. my defense to Miranda's allegations. She read nothing of it, nothing at all, okay, of my response. So he followed up and he said, were you aware that John Walker Smith had testified? And at that stage, John Walker Smith had given the longest testimony ever in the history of the General Medical Council, longer than mine. So here you have the two longest ever testimonies given in our defense by myself and by John Walker Smith, and she had not read a word. She was not even aware that, that we had offered a defense to Brandy's allegations. All she had done was go to the evidence that Brian Deere cited to check that it was correct. In other words, Brian Deere had led her to what she fact-checked. Sure. She fact-checked what Brian Deere told her. She fact-checked the allegation. Deere. That's right. And nothing but not else. the defense. And so at that stage, and this was fascinating, you know, if you were writing the screenplay, this is, this is the moment, this is the drama. We're sitting there on this side of the table with, there's me, my English lawyer, and my American lawyer. On the other side, there is Jane Smith and these other two characters from Dallas, from this Dallas firm. Her lawyer, the BMJ's lawyer, stood up in disgust and walked out of the room. Wow. He walked out of the room and he was so appalled by the fact. It was quite tangible. We all looked at each other. By the, fact, by, by the fact that he had, they had been lied to. They hadn't relied on the six million wow. word transcript of the General Medical Council. They relied on what Brian Deere had led them by the nose to check. And that's Brian Deere for you. Okay, so he just walked out of the room, picked up his computer and just walked out. Wow. And he was so angry at the fact that their entire case had been based upon the scrutiny of this six million, they kept laboring it, six million word transcript of the GMC, and they had not gone near the vast majority. They knew nothing of the facts. And um, we just sat there. And we thought, wow, what happens now? Wow. We just won this case. Right. We just won this case. Sure. Let's go to court. And so uh, the next thing was that we received a, an amended affidavit from the BMJ and from Brian Day. Okay? Mm -hmm. So here's the situation. This is what will have happened. Their lawyers from Dallas will have said to them, you have got a problem. You have not told us the truth. And now we are in the embarrassing position of having either to concede this case, or you are going to have to write a completely amended affidavit, which doesn't reference the General Medical Council transcript at all. Mm -hmm. You've got to now rewrite this case based upon something completely different. You Basically have got to start discard. Over. They've got to start yeah. over. So they had to start over again, because 
they had lied to their lawyers. And so that was the next thing we received. And it was even easier for us to rebut every point made in this amended affidavit. And they, at that stage, must have been desperate. Desperate, 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 not to end up in a courtroom because then the entire lie would be exposed to the world. Now, people have said to me, you know, you're a fraud and you're this and that, and the papers have labored it. I wanted this case to go to court. I worked my ass off to get this case to court. My lawyers were prepared to do it on the basis that this community was going to raise the money to get this to court. Why would anyone dream of taking it to court? if the world was going to see all of the facts laid bare mm. and it showed I was a fraud, what kind of madness would that be? Right. To want to go to court to show the world that you were a fraud? No, quite Not, the opposite. It's nonsensical. We wanted the world to be able to see and make up its own mind based upon all of the facts, all of the facts. And that was denied to us. And it was denied to us because the appeal court in Travis County, after the longest deliberation ever, came to the conclusion that despite all of the legal precedent, we did not have jurisdiction over oh. Brian Deere or the BMJ in the state of Texas. Wow. And it was completely false. I mean, it was completely false. And why? Because the BMJ sells its product, the British Medical Journal, to Texas medical schools, it profits from the state of Texas, and that falls within the Texas long-arm statute, which allows me to sue them in the state of Texas, where I was harmed. Sure. But someone very, very high up did not want this case to go to court. They did not want the truth to emerge. They were terrified that that truth would then undo the whole false narrative that had been created around Wakefield this fraud. Not going to ask you the dates, but my journalistic mind is wandering to Rick Perry, who was governor of Texas, who used to work for Merck, and somewhere in his cronies, somebody just shutting this down and saying, we're not going to allow this to go down here. I know this wasn't really a Merck-related case, but you know, it was a vaccine-related case. These so, four felons know, yeah, yeah. that make all the vaccines—they're all in business. They're all colluding. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't—you swap one for the other. It's sure. irrelevant, right? So that's very interesting that they just shut it down. They were not going to let that happen in Texas. No, and sadly, we had no money, and we couldn't therefore take it to the Supreme Court. So, oh. and the Supreme Court here is a, a mere fraction of cases, and and, and, and there was no someone, way to go to England and try to do it abroad. There was no stage, way. We, we had no money. You know, we had no money, zero. We had yeah. no lawyers to yeah. represent this case. No one was going to, at that stage, risk it on a contingency basis. Um, and nor did we try. It was, it was, we reached effectively the end of the road because it was quite clear that someone in a position of power very high up, did not want this case to go to court. So um, we just, there it is, Brian, there it is, um, Fiona Godley from the BMJ. There's the challenge. You're, you've lied, you've lied, and you've lied. So sue me, okay? Let's go to court. Let's get all of this out in the open. Let's let the public see it for what it is, okay? And if what you said is true, then that will be self-evident to everyone. Okay, but let's let the public see the facts. There you go. Andy Wakefield issuing the throwdown right there. Bring, right there. Bring it. It would be fabulous, wouldn't it, to get the discovery moment? Oh, good Lord. Uh, it would be wonderful. It would be so I mean, I've tried so long, so hard to get this 
into court so that the public, everybody, can see and make up their own minds, whatever, which way they go, about what, what is the truth? What is behind all of this? And who is this man, Brian Deer? Awesome. Thank you, Andy. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Andy Wakefield Weekly Podcast, a place where stories are being told that have never been heard before. This is a Seventh Chakra Films production in collaboration with Brick City Creative. Please follow and like us while you still can on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 1986 The Act, and soon on Sphere.